Idaho, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. This is another fantastic episode of The Archipreneur Now, and I am your host, Heath Armstrong. Episode 35, woo-wee! I hope you're all ready to do a little boogie and to do a little jive with our guest today, Harry Duran. He is the creator of the Know Your DJ application, also the founder of the Podcast Junkies podcast, amazing. He's had some great guests on there. We're going to get into why he is inspired to follow his passions, how persistence will get you there, and everything up and down and in between, and a -a ring-a-ling-a-ding-dong. Here we go. For all the show notes, artsynow.com forward slash 35. Come on, everybody, let me hear that beat. Come on, come on, everybody, let me hear that biggity-biggity-stickity-stickity beat. Here we go now. Who wants to get funky? Who wants to get a little creative out there? Which one of you want to get a little bit artsy now? Well then get on with your bad self. Do your ears hang low? they do you better wobble them to the front because our guest today is getting me all pumped he's the grandmaster blaster of interviewing podcasters an app developer a skidamarinkity-dinkity-dink a skidamarinkity-doo mr harry duran you are the entrepreneur now what is cracking man hey man that's a fantastic intro thanks for getting the energy level high and thanks for having me on <laughs> Yeah, I'm all about the high energy, and if you, if you want to hear some low energy, just go to the first couple episodes, because it takes a while to realize that you can really do whatever you want and be whoever you want on a podcast. Uh, yeah, it's your show. You might as well, right? Yeah, we're through that now. So, what, what caught my eye about Harry, and I didn't find his podcast in a traditional way. It actually came to me through searching in iTunes for something, and it popped up. And then I ended up on his Twitter page, and he had this amazing Alex Gray backdrop. Uh, So that immediately determined me to get you in conversation and maybe be able to get you on the show if it was going to work out. So I really appreciate you being here, man. Hey, no problem. And I'm glad that uh, that attracted your eye. I'm I'm, I'm a huge fan. And I just think visually what he does is pretty mind-blowing. I don't really think there is anybody that compares to that in my... I mean, it's just... It's unbelievable, his work. And I, I had a previous guest on, Eric Stankvist, and he's from... Sweden, but he is living in Thailand right now. And he was also a huge Alex Gray fanatic. And it was actually a connection with that that got him to me through a previous guest, which was pretty cool also. So it's good to see the amazing artwork spread around the podcast community. Yeah, he's uh, obviously interesting uh, on a wide variety of, of fronts. And we recent, we live in L.A. now. My wife and I, and we moved from New York. So when we were in New York, he actually has uh, the his house of Cosm, which is in upstate New York, and we got to see it right before we moved out. Uh, go up there and visit it. So that was pretty inspiring as well. Yeah, aren't you a lucky little goose, man? <laughs> it's amazing. So are you are you a Tool fan also, or is it just just the artist side? No, uh, just the artist side. I was going to say I saw in the news the other day that. Maynard, who's lead singer of Tool, was selling his house out there in Beverly Hills, 
Uh, and he had listed it originally for like 10 million and it was down to like 2.3 million. And it was just showing all the rooms, man. And that, that guy is crazy. He's like an interior decorator, I guess. But I don't think I'd feel comfortable sleeping in a dark room where Maynard once dwelled. <laughs> Doesn't sound like a good idea. <laughs> After seeing the videos on YouTube and stuff, we're just choking people out on the stage. So. <laughs> uh, so, so you work so damn hard to kickstart you know, this lifestyle and, and following your passions and your dreams and doing all this amazing stuff on the side. And, and it's super inspiring. And how does it feel kind of looking back now, knowing that you have this app out when you once probably thought, hey, I want to make an app. And, and you have this podcast out when you once thought, maybe I should make a podcast. Yeah, a lot of the things um, in retrospect, you know, when you, sometimes you have to look back to realize how much progress you made uh, because if you try to count uh, the your, your progress in, in, in steps daily or weekly, you get you can get a bit discouraged because there's obviously a lot of peaks and valleys along the way. So as far as the app is concerned, I'm, I've been a, a DJ for 20 plus years. I'm a huge fan of electronic music. And when I started to think about things that I, I could start and and I'd probably preface that by saying start yet again because I I do have the entrepreneurial uh, mindset and I have a lot of false starts along the way. But this thing caught my um, something around electronic music caught my eye because I said at the end of the day, if I'm going to build something, it's something that I know and that I'm passionate about and would be passionate sharing with my friends and my family. And I said, well, let me pick uh, electronic music. And I picked uh, the app is called Know Your DJ. And I said, I want to build it because I know I'm going to be the number one user, the number one fan, and I'll just, you know, speak uh, effusively about it every chance I get. And, and that's essentially what happened. And, and I built it out. It's, it's still, you know, probably about uh, twelve to 15,000 downloads so far. And we've, I've had some good friends help me out. Uh, my, my partner, developer for the app actually lives in Berlin. And I had another friend of mine do the UX and UI design. And it was just a deep dive into... Uh, the world of app development and it's, it's fascinating and frustrating at the same time um, when you think something's going to work and get you the downloads and, and then it doesn't. But I, I think the key takeaway there was to work on something that you're passionate about because if you just pick something to start a business on and it, it doesn't do anything for you and you're just doing it because you think it's the topic uh, of, of the of the month or of the year, you know, insert podcasting here if you will, but um, you're going to run out of steam and then you're going to need something to carry you through those parts when it's it's not so interesting yeah man following what truly excites you is the meaning of life in general and if you put all your steam behind it there's no one that's going to stop you from doing it and that that's awesome man that you were a dj i am huge into the music scene i work with some bands kind of on, on the west coast with their websites and some bands around here and it's so much fun getting involved in the industry coming from someone who worked in construction and concrete in my background and I'm trying to create an app right now, and, and I'm going to put it out there, but it's it's kind of like a Tinder, but it's with music industry. So anytime someone comes around in your area, and I know there's apps like Bands in Town and things like that, yeah, you can scroll through it like you do on Tinder, and you can actually play a clip, which will pull from an API somewhere. And you can listen to the music of these bands that are playing in your area, you know, a little 30 second clip, and then you can swipe it right if you like it, swipe it left if you don't. And all the ones that you like are just put right into that calendar there where you can see, you know, these are the guys that I thought were good. These are, this is where they're playing and this is the day they're playing. And it's, I mean, hugely passionate about making that because I would be the number one user just like you. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's got it, uh, since you're into music and you have um, that history or, or that relationship with it. When you build it, you, you're going to know what features you think you would use yourself. Um, and you got to put, you know, if you're the, the number one user, then you'll be the one who will be able to give uh, yourself the feedback, if you will, on whether something works or something doesn't. Yeah, man. And I know, I know you attended the New Media Expo. Why did you decide to go to that and how did it change your outlook on on moving forward and, you know, creating this podcast? You know, what kind of Coolio stuff did you, did you uh, come in contact with there? So, um, yeah, that's a good point, uh, Heath, because the New Media Expo, it, it all ties in together because as I had the app, um, the next natural segue from a marketing standpoint was for me to say, uh, I think what would be interesting would be to start a podcast uh, and interview DJs. And I've heard other podcasts uh, before, and they're a bit more heady, if you will, because they kind of get into the nuts and bolts about you know the, their backgrounds and all that sort of stuff. But uh, he, it's called Resident Advisor. And um, apologies if you hear my dog in the background. <laughs> I was just thinking the same thing because there's a cat clawing at my door and it won't stop meowing and I've been throwing stuff at it to try to get it yeah. to go away. So, so those of you editing podcast shows, don't worry. Leave that stuff in. People dig it. Um, so I went there with the idea of figuring out how to start a podcast for interviewing DJs because I was inspired by the show that I was listening to. And, and I thought, you know, it's a... Um, a lot of times people get worried about starting a podcast. They're like, well, I don't know enough about the topic and, and I'm just really new. But that's the whole point. You get to talk to people who you admire um, and who otherwise probably wouldn't talk to you um, and about a topic that you're really interested in. And then along the way, you learn a lot and, and you just get better at it. And what, what I noticed was there was a lot of people there who were there for the same thing. And it was interesting to be in an environment where the energy level is so high around topics like uh, blogging, podcasting, and there was a track for uh, YouTube video producers. So very quickly, you get swept up in the excitement of being there, and there's a lot of positive energy and ideas being exchanged. So in one of the conversations, in one of the, the, the breakout sessions, it was uh, Cliff Ravenscraft, a podcast answer man, who was giving a talk, and the person who introduced him, Chris Murphy, uh, met, mentioned something about uh, being a, a podcast junkie or a real big fan of podcast. I, I'm not sure what word he used, but it resonated right away. And I said, that's me, because not only was I at that time listening to music podcasts and DJ mixes, which is where I started with podcasts, but I also had started listening to uh, business podcasts and entrepreneurial podcasts because I was learning how to what I could do to grow the app business as well. So naturally... Um, at some point I ended up with probably 20, maybe to 30 podcasts. And I'm like, wow, how, how do I listen to them? I started listening at 2X uh, just to get through them faster. And and then I quickly realized, it just kind of hit me. I said, what about a show about junkie podcast junkies and people that like it, like the, the format and love um, shows about, about with podcasters and like to talk to them? And I kind of envisioned in my mind, I would just interview other podcasters because I, I'm fascinated by the process and what they do. And there's a lot of folks out there that inspire me. And I just kicked it off. And I actually um, hooked up with Chris Murphy at the conference via Twitter. We just kind of started a conversation there in the hallways and bounced the idea off of him. Um, he thought it was fantastic. And I just hit the ground running. I, I made some connections with some of the speakers there. And luckily enough, um, because of a question I had in one of the sessions where Chase Reeves was um, presenting, 
he he remembered it because of the business card that I had, um, and he he shot me an email and I said, hey, uh, thanks for getting back to me. And by the way, I'm starting a podcast. Would love to have you as my uh, initial ge- uh, guest on the show. And he said yes, and just took it off from there. And and as you know, that tends to open up other doors. Um, and it's a long process, but over time, um, you you find it very interesting to get this to speak to people that you've listened to previously and admire. Yeah, how important do you think it is when you get an idea like that from asking other people? You know, is this a good idea? Will you help me? Because there's so many people out there that that want to help and they want to help you get to that point. How important do you think it is to take that idea and just hit the ground running immediately? I think it's pretty important. Uh, it's It's been described a couple of different ways. A lot of people talk about it as just getting uh, the minimum viable product out the door, MVP. Um, it's the whole concept of the, the, the lean startup, uh, the mindset of getting the version of the product out there that's functional. Um, it's not perfect. It has a lot of bumps, but it's something that people can test and give you feedback on, and it sort of validates your model. And if you wait till everything is, is right, uh, you're probably not going to get anything out, out of the door. And I'm a, I'm a big fan of the, 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 the mantra where perfect is the enemy of good. Uh, a lot of times we wait too long to get something out because we just – uh, judge ourselves too harshly and we think that it's not right for consumption. No one's going to read it. No one's going to look at it. No one's going to listen to it. No one's going to use it. You know, insert whatever verb you will. But, uh, you know, we can definitely overthink it sometimes. And I th- and the important thing is to see where, um, there, where there's things missing along the way, but you won't know that until you get something out the door. It, what do you think the hardest part was when you launched your podcast? Like what was the biggest pain in the ass up front? I think um, prob- maybe I, I would say just getting the whole setup and, and trying to understand what all the moving parts were because in the beginning there's a lot and, and there's some really good tutorials out there. I know a lot of people reference Podcast Answer Man or, or Pat Flynn's uh, YouTube tutorial, which I, I, I watched. Um, and then I ended up joining um, a, a mastermind uh, with John Lee Dumas, his his podcasters uh, group. So you, you just get in there and you ask a lot of questions. And then at some point, um, you try to follow all the guidelines you can. Um, and you just feel like you're waiting for the right moment. Um, and sometimes you just need someone to, to, to kick you in the butt and say, just just launch it already. And, you, and I know they give you guidelines. You got to have uh, three or four episodes for you to initially launch and then two or three a week and new and noteworthy. And you, you kind of have to make sure you don't obsess over all of that. Um, and that's part of the most challenging thing I had because I, I sometimes uh, have, a, I'm a bit of a perfectionist with some of those things, a little bit of OCD. You know, I obsess over fonts and colors and all of that sometimes. So this whole process has been interesting for me to just, under, to just understand that things just need to get out, out the door. Um, and that just gets better with time. And then you realize, okay, uh, now I can go back and tweak A, B, and C to make my show better. Yeah. And for me, it was that everything you just said exactly. I mean, I could pinpoint an exact detail from every little point you just made along the process. But I think the hardest part was, you know, having a full time job and then launching this while doing other stuff on the side as well and trying to figure out a method to bring all those pieces together and kind of get it flowing. And I, I know we have a lot of people out there that are considering starting podcasts. And I've interviewed people that were like, man, maybe I should start a podcast after, you know, in the post chat, which is amazing. 
And so how, how have you broken down your process to try to save a little bit of time? I, I know it can be so, so, so much work, almost like you feel like you're just beating a dead horse over and over forever. But the network that is created and all those people's lives you are affecting is amazing. So it's important to get there. Uh, so so what are some processes that you have in place? So I'm, I currently have a, a VA and I know a lot of people talk about the importance of that. But if you're not in the place where you understand what all the different steps are that you need to do, then it's pro- you're not probably going to get the best use out of a, a virtual assistant. So for me, since I, I, I like uh, productivity hacks and I'm a big fan of some of the gurus out there like um, you know David Allen getting things done and uh, Stephen Covey and Ari Mizell. I always look for ways to shave even minutes off a process because I think in the long term that's where you get your savings. So what you have to think about, you almost have to think about it even if you can't afford a VA right now. Imagine you had one and what are the steps you would give her? What are the ones that are, what are the, the things in your process that are causing you um, the most headache or, or just taking the longest? And and what you want to do is focus on the things that are uh, can be documented and are repeatable. And really, when you think about it, don't involve a lot of creative input from your side. Because eventually, as you start to whittle down that process, you want to focus on the things in your podcast production process where you're providing the creative spark and the creative edge. And the other things like posting to WordPress or sending up a file to Libsyn, the podcast host, you know, those are things that you could teach people how to do. So I think that's the most important thing. Um, and in, in terms of the, the process, just realize, you know, write as much down and, and think of it in terms of steps. Like step one, I got I have to do this. And step two, I have to, uh, everything from the pieces where you lo- you start the interview process or even before then. You know, where you're looking for um, a guest. I mean, I'm, like I said, a huge fan of these tools. There's a tool called Streak, which is a CRM tool that embeds right into Gmail. So you don't have to work outside your Gmail box. And that keeps you organized and keeps all your appointments in line. And you can set different um, pipelines in in that tool. So if you know if a guest is booked, you know if a guest is confirmed, if you're interviewed. So that's been very helpful for me starting the process. I'm a huge, huge fan of Evernote for what um, Ari Mizell calls the offline brain. And I literally put in everything there. A lot of times um, people use these tools, but they only use them sparingly. In the case of Evernote, it, don't judge what you put in there. It's, it's not good or bad. I think uh, what you want to keep in mind is the flow of thoughts. And if you interrupt that flow because you don't have a mechanism for jotting stuff down and getting it out of your head, um, you're going to find out that it's going to be, be that one thought that just keeps popping into your head like a day from now, a week from now, two weeks from now. Um, it's just kind of wasted brain power um, in my mind. So once you start doing that, then you can just start looking into these other tweaks and um, there you can do things like uh, putting in Evernote the, the canned responses you'll be sending to your guests. And there's also a canned responses feature in Gmail that lets you do that as pretty well. So the idea is using using these tools so that you can start to make your process more efficient. Because a lot of times you think you don't have enough time, but it may just be a function of not doing things in the most efficient way possible. So just kind of break down those processes as you go through them and just say, hey, is there a way I can improve this before I even think of um, automating it or outsourcing it? Put him on a podium, man. <laughs> Preach it. You should just start a whole other podcast about uh, hacks on methods to keep yourself focused throughout the day, man. It's awesome. 
Yeah, well, actually, I'm, I, I started doing some coaching on that, so it's funny you should mention it. Well, that's just a great sign of the times then, isn't it, man? Yeah. So moving from how to stay productive, and, and that's fantastic. You know, one big problem I'm having, because I'm in the transition of looking at VAs, is I'm trying to figure out those items that I feel comfortable letting them do, and then the ones that I feel like they wouldn't be able to do. So what was your experience with that when you first started making your list? Did you find out that they're probably a lot more capable than than somebody who hasn't used one uh, thinks they are? And the importance of creating a step-by-step-by-step list for them to actually take that and, and do what you want them to do so that they don't get confused. Yeah, there's a really good book called Work the System by Sam Carpenter, and it discusses the importance of procedures. Um, I, I like to refer to them as uh, SOPs, Standard Operating Procedures, but basically it's the manual of what your uh, VA will use to get the job done. And so you have to put those into place, and you, and you probably have to be a little trusting as well because at some point you start getting into things like deciding whether, uh, you know, what logins you're going to give them, the best way to manage that is LastPass. It's um, a, a password um, tool for storing passwords. So typically, if you start visiting other sites, you know, I've at this, I've been surfing the web for so long. There's hundreds, if not more, of websites that I visit. But now I don't remember passwords anymore. LastPass generates an, a really complicated and secure password for me, and I just have to remember the one master one. But the other benefit of the tool relative to VAs is that you can share a password with them via LastPass and they'll never see the password. They'll just have the login as long as they have the plugin um, on their browser. So that's that's a pretty good way to, to maintain security. And then you just have to be patient. A lot of times if they've done something wrong or they're not following some instructions to, uh, to, you, uh, to the way you want them to, um, it's probably because you didn't describe it well enough. And, and that's the, the position I take. If, if they mess something up, it's because I, I wasn't clear enough. So I put the onus on myself and I make sure that um, next time I'm more clear and I just look at different ways to deliver the same message. You can use a system like Asana, which is a task management system, and just assign them a task. And then you can make it recurring if you want. And then, then they'll always uh, know that it pops up and they just basically have it now as something that they check in on every day because it's consistency. Um, and they they work well with consistency and clear instructions. So you can put it, make it as detailed as you want in Asana. Sometimes uh, some of the VAs are more visual, so you just use something like a screencast or uh, even the Skype video option um, to record a, a quick uh, instructions on how to do something. Sometimes with the microphone on and the video running, you can explain an idea in, in, in you know a minute that would probably take you uh, half an hour to write out. Yeah, I'm in brilliant. I use SoundCloud a lot to send audio snippets to people. Um, yeah, that's and perfect. I can see that, that that could work just as well. So, from our audience who's mainly built with just creatives, whether it be visual artists or musicians, you know, we, we always run into these problems with keeping our focus. And this doesn't just happen with artists, but it happens with anybody, and especially uh, people that are doing so many things at once. And I know you obviously are. So do you do anything every day to kind of keep your focus during the day? I I know some people exercise, some people drink heavily, some people (laughs) might take a big whack off the bong and others might read some books or something like that. And maybe some of them do all of that. You know, how about you? Are you, are you shotgunning beers and dragging the bong while taking a jog down the road and reading, thinking grow rich? Uh, (laughs) What are your methods? (laughs) 
I'm sure if I did do that, I probably would not get a minute of productivity out of the day. <laughs> probably be fun while it was going on, but uh, after the fact, I, I certainly wouldn't have been able to get out. It'd be the, a good blog post, pod- wouldn't it? Yeah, it would. If you have the, <laughs> if you're still able to write at that point. No, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm always changing things. I'm, I'm, I'm exper- experimenting now with getting up just a little bit earlier to make sure uh, you kind of get a better feel for the day because things are quieted down. And like I said, do have a, a regular job. So um, if I get up a little early, it gives me more time to do the things that I want to focus on. And um, the mind's a little quieter when there's like less distractions, less email coming in, less phone calls. So that, that's one thing. The other thing that I do is, is uh, I'm testing now batching my inbox. Uh, you can do that ma- uh, manually. You can just pick three different times you're going to check it and have literally have Gmail off and, and not, and, and I don't mean off meaning it's like a, a tab that's open or even a pin tab in Chrome. I mean like off, it's like not even, you can't even see it in your browser. The site is closed. Um, and then just pick three times a day. And a lot of times you'll, you'll realize you're not missing much because um, it's the same message you, you see at 6 a.m. that you see at 7 or 8 at 9, you know, you, you could see it at 10 a.m. And, and the world's not going to end. But if you have a bit of a discipline challenge with that, there's a new um, tool that I found called Batched Inbox that actually does that for you. It, it, um, you have to do a little bit of tweaking when you set it up. It's batchedinbox.com. It sends the emails to you at, at the max three designated times, but it recommends two. So right now I'm testing, uh, I get one at 6 a.m., so I see it in the morning, and I get it at 1 p. I think it's 1 p.m. and I think 6 p.m. So other than that, once I clear it out in those three times, I don't have anything else I'm looking at. Um, and then I get to focus on on other things uh, re- relative to growing my business. It's important that when you start the day, you ask, what is the, the one thing that I can do to move my business forward? Um, and sometimes I'm better at, at that than others. But when you do that, it kind of puts your focus on making sure you get that one thing done. And then if at least you, that was the only thing you got done, uh, and then the rest of the time you spent on Facebook and Twitter, quote unquote, uh, marketing and researching, then you could at least feel good that you started off on a positive note. Um, and then the last thing I'll say, I'll mention is I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of um, just trying to take care of your body, both from an exercise perspective and from supplements. Um, I, I try to stay pretty, pretty uh, up to date with at least a, a, a good multivitamin and, and your basic like fish oil supplements. But I'm also a fan of nootropics. Um, and I'm, I've been using uh, Alpha Brain from the Onnit folks, which is working pretty effectively. You should check out, uh, I've got an episode coming out on Monday with Greg Baston, and he's created these, I'm not sure if you're a fan of tea or not, and it's not the cheapest tea in the world, but this stuff is amazing, and he's literally gone out there and found every natural stimulant. He's got one called Brainiac, so it's all for making your mind work. Then he's got one called uh, Clear Tea, which is for natural energy. And I'll take the clear tea in the morning and then later in the day when I sit down to really do some work, I'll take the Brainiac, man. And it's amazing the way it can make you feel because, you know, our bodies with the way society is and, and what we intake, uh, we, we, we're depleted and we don't know because we're used to it. But once you start actually filling those uh, voids, you start to feel so much better. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, man, definitely agree. And it's something, you know, everyone's got to test it out to see how they, their body reacts to it. But I'm a, I'm a huge fan because it's, it's um, I, I think keeping your brain active when you, when you start to doing all these brain intensive tasks is something that's really important. Yeah. And then back to the, the productivity with batching your emails and things like that. I've found that to save me just 
ungodly amounts of time. I probably checked my email a hundred times a day before. And then I came across this app called square one. Have you heard of that? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. So it's, it's sounds similar to batch inbox, but uh, these guys used to work. I think the founder worked for Google for a long time and he's made this just super clean, amazing app called square one. And you can basically, you've got the grid view and so your inbox, you can separate it into as many categories as you want, and you just train your emails to go to whichever folder you want. But you can turn individual folders on and off as you please, or you can turn all your mail off at once, and it'll never come through until you open it up. Uh, or you can set it to release so many times throughout the day. And it's amazing the productivity that you, I mean, how you can increase that without looking at your phone and your email. And I've been testing it out with uh, cable as well. We actually got rid of cable last month and and I don't miss it at all. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. Uh, something that I used to think was a huge part of my life, it doesn't matter at all. So, yeah, and it's those, and those are good examples because sometimes you have to test these things out before you realize uh what type of impact they'll make and like in your cable example, like you said, you got to do it. And the worst thing that that'll happen is if if you miss it that much, you just turn it back on, but uh it's kind of like out of sight out of mind and and it lets you more importantly, focus um, on the things you should be focusing on. Yeah, for sure, man. And uh, moving on, I guess sometimes I wake up and, you know, I just wish I was dressed like Prince or something. And I, I think that, that 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 is something that would make my life just so much easier. Uh, but unfortunately, I just have all these stained T-shirts with holes and like boxers from the third grade or something that my girlfriend just gets infinitely pissed and mad at me when I'm wearing it. Uh, and it's a struggle to create that cheddar cheese and all that success. And I, I thought it would be a lot easier than it is, man. Uh, but it's a lot of fun climbing up the learning curve. And the whole purpose for this podcast was to create the Artsy Now Foundation, where I can help children discover the creative side of the world uh, by taking them to music festivals and art festivals around the area and, and showing them the possibilities that they don't have to grow up and work in a coal mine or in a cubicle if they don't want to. And I'm learning so, so much along the way. I mean, every day I learn something new. So what are, what are some of the most valuable things that you've learned on your journey so far? I think, um, try to find the value in, in the folks that you meet, uh, and not just in terms of how they can build your, your help you grow your show or help you gain listeners or help you, um, make money. But, uh, I think, uh, what you're alluding to is really the relationships that you're building and find out how you can add value because a lot of times people want to take, take, take. And, and I think what you need to do is say, what, what can I offer this person? Um, and don't be of the mindset, well, I got to package this up into a product and I got to sell it so I can make my money so I can start seeing the benefits of this. And you got to be in it for the long haul. And then you just think about things from a karmic perspective and say, how, how can I give and more than I'm giving now? Um, and, you know, a lot of times when you think you've given enough, you just have to think about, well, this person on this uh, forum was asking, hey, I need help with this, how to edit the sound file. I know how to do that. Let me jump in. Let me help them. Hey, this person, you know, had had this trouble, you know, from an art, and there's a lot of artists on, on, on that are listening and, and they hear someone say, hey, man, I tried using Photoshop and I was just like driving myself crazy. And that's an opportunity for you to just jump in there and be like, hey, I, I could help this person out or musicians you know, offer a free music lesson to something. Um, because if, if you're struggling to figure out, you know, why things aren't working out nine times out of 10, um, if you just focus a lot of that energy into giving the skills that you do have out, then, uh, sometimes that ma magical stuff happens and, and opportunities open them, open up to you. 
yeah, magic is right, man. If you just give, 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 and don't expect anything in return, you'd be surprised the doors that'll open and the opportunities that will arise just from, uh, you know, you being there at the right time and building that trust with people and making these friendships and making the relationships. Uh, and it's led me to where I am today. And I, I know it's gotten you where you are. So. Yeah, um, it's, it's a ongoing journey. So, and I don't think um, you should ever feel like you should look for a point where you've arrived, so to speak, and just because then it'll it may stunt your growth, and you don't ever feel like you'll you'll continue to grow. Just so kind of think of it as a, a lifelong journey. Yeah, so we're getting close to the end here, Harry, and I really appreciate you being on here. So I'm going to get into some of these questions that I typically ask all my guests because the audience likes to hear them. But if you could spend one hour creating something with anybody from the past or present, who would it be and what do you think you would create? I'd probably paint something. Uh, and as long as I knew that uh, Salvador Dali was by my side. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a huge uh, fan of of like uh, art and uh, people that kind of... Um, turned the, the current way of thinking on its ear and uh, just put people's minds, just like kind of blew people's minds with, with the, the perspective on how they, they approach things. And um, every time I see a, a Salvador Dali painting, I'm, I'm just amazed and blown away and inspired. Do you paint on your own in general? <laughs> no, I don't. I always, so it's one of those things like, you know, everyone would say they want to learn how to play an instrument or, um, or, or paint or draw. And uh, it's something that's definitely on my list. I, I, I ran across a good book, and I have it, and it's it's a whole kit. It's called uh, Drawing on the Right Side of the Brain or From the Right Side of the Brain. It's an interesting take on, on learning how to draw because it, it does everything it can to remove the logical from uh, your mindset when you're drawing so that uh, your creative side is, is, is freed up a bit more. Hmm. What did you say it was called Drawing from the Right Side of the Brain? Yeah, I think it's called drawing drawing on the right side of the brain or drawing on the right side. I can I think I have it here handy. I'll look it up while we continue. Yeah, I'll check it out and I'll put it in the show notes as well for all you heady little listeners out there. You want to check that out. Uh, so Harry, if you had to battle Godzilla, how would you use your creativity or talents to defeat that big ugly bastard? I think uh levity and humor um, usually work pretty well. And with my, uh, 20 plus years of, of, uh, DJ skills, I'd put on the, the craziest, uh, playlist of music and he'd have no choice, but to just, to start dancing, some break dancing, probably some head spins. He'd get so tired from doing all that. He'd have no other energy to even spit fire at me. If Godzilla was doing some break dances, he'd probably be breaking everything around him. But at least he would, he wouldn't be stomping on me. <laughs> Absolutely, man. He's a mean bastard, though. You never know. <laughs> yeah. He might get done and just squash you like a grape. Could be. Uh, do you have any uh, other closing advice that you'd like to share with our listeners? Uh, you've given us so many amazing tools that I'll post in the show notes, and uh, that'll be at artsynow.com forward slash Harry Duran. Uh, but is there anything else that you think they could find value in? Yeah, it's interesting because a lot of times uh, when you have folks from different um, specialties, you know, they struggle with something that's like the opposite of what they're they're good in. And this is, in, uh, you know, that book, Drawing on the Right Side of the Brain, talks about this because, uh, you know, you have creative people, you know, uh, using, um, you know, right side of the brain 
exclusively. And then when it comes to left side of the brain activities, they struggle and vice versa. So, you know, you find lots of times, um, you know, people that are in, into the arts, they, they love drawing. Um, and But when it gets down to like technical skills um, related to maybe like, an, let's say an Excel or something, how to use that or, or keep track of uh, or do something on a, on a website or do some programming, they're at a loss. So there's, I'm sure there's always opportunities to barter skills. So maybe that would be the, the suggestion to say, hey, you're really good, I'm sure, at a couple of things if you just sit down and really think about it. So if you're struggling, especially if you're building a business, a lot of times you need to be a jack of all trades. See where you can provide value in the things that you're good at and find someone that could use those services. Um, and then you could use what they're good at, you know, programming or or, or keeping track of your, your finances, your accounting, all that sort of stuff. And just ask, hey, hey, where can I help? And just continue to give, give, give. And, and then eventually people will see that and they'll, they'll reciprocate and you could come to a mutually um, desirable outcome uh, for the benefit of both parties. Excellent, man. Everything is difficult before it's easy. And I know every new experience is going to be uncomfortable before it's comfortable. So that makes complete sense. And I just wish I could get to a point where someone would walk in my house and hand me a print suit and just let me wear it around the town. I think my <laughs> life would just accelerate immediately. I'm assuming that means you have the, the step, the, the dance moves to go along with it. I might have the dance moves. Okay. I haven't made anything on YouTube yet, but uh, I've been working on it for a while now since I was like three. Very it's nice. It's been a while. So, How can our, our listeners find you or get in contact with you, Harry? I know you've got the amazing uh, podcast junkies, which you can find on iTunes, uh, but what's your website and, and what, what about social media? Yeah, the, the best place uh, if you want to hear the show and see what's going on with there is uh, podcastjunkies.com and the there's all the links, the social media links are, are there on the site for Podcast Junkies. And then I have my own uh, Twitter account at Duran Harry. And that's where I kind of put stuff that inspires me personally and maybe not directly related to the show, but things that I'm, I really am fascinated by and interested in. That's probably where you find more things about productivity and, and more, most of the more of the creative stuff going on. All right, man. So everybody get up, pull your pants up, go outside and, and do a little dance, do a little jive, do a little funky chicken, get excited, say hello to your neighbors, actually get to know the people around you because you'd be surprised the amazing people that you can meet if you just reach out and ask and you never know where those doors are going to lead you. So Harry, thank you so much for being the Archapreneur now and always remember to keep it funky. Uh, I, I, how can I not keep it funky with that sort of uh, outro? <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Entrepreneur Now podcast. For all the show notes and more information, please visit artsynow.com. That's A-R-T-S-Y now.com. Thank you. The music for this podcast was provided by Shaky Feeling out of Ventura, California. For more information, please visit shakyfeeling.com. Keep it funky.